This is Asia Tech Podcast. My name is Graham Brown. Today we're heading to Bangkok, Thailand to find out more about the Thai startup ecosystem and to learn how that startup ecosystem is influenced by Chinese money. So in particular, we are focusing on one of the strengths of Thailand, which is travel, tourism, and wellness. We talk to companies in this space, as well as companies in the tech space generally. So there are three sections to this podcast. Firstly, the recording of the plane journey, a very short intro to talk about what the goals of the podcast are and what we hope to get from Bangkok and how important it is that sync between China and Bangkok and Thailand in the 21st century, because that is the Asian century being told right there. Not necessarily about Chinese consumers in China. We all know that story. The real story is how Chinese money, Chinese consumers, the Chinese middle class impacts the markets around them and Thailand being one of those markets as well. The second scene takes place in True Digital Park, which is a new co-working space incubator in the southeast of Bangkok. We go down there to talk to some of the startups, find out what's going on in the Thai startup ecosystem, what's new, what's exciting, and what the challenges are. And lastly, we spend a little bit of time walking around Rachada Night Market. We talk to Gautam Ganguly, who is going to help us understand what is going on at Rachada because there in a microcosm you can see the Asian century taking place you can see Chinese tourists using WeChat Pay and Alipay to buy food straight off the stalls and you can see how that's changing year on year with the influx of this newly minted Chinese middle class so if you want to learn more about the Asian century China Thailand, the startup ecosystem. Listen in. This is a special edition of Asia Tech Podcast. My name is Graham Brown. Okay, so this is Graham here. And uh, well, if you caught the noise in the background, you're probably realizing that this is an unusual place of recording in our studio in Singapore. We're actually on a plane. And uh, we're on a plane on row 26 heading from Singapore to DMK Bangkok Airport. And the reason we're doing this for Asia Tech Podcast is we are on tour. So we're heading to Bangkok for two nights to get a, a sample of the best sounds and stories of Bangkok, Thailand generally. And one of the reasons we're doing this is we want to go and capture the stories of each of these cities told through the sounds and the people. And that patchwork of stories to make up the Asian century story. So Bangkok and Thailand are part of that story. And I have no idea what we're going to find on the other side. So really, we're winging it. Hopefully, we'll hear some great stories of startup founders and entrepreneurs, both local Thai entrepreneurs and imports, so people who have moved to Bangkok to start businesses and to find a better life. Why? Why are they doing that? And that really is the story that we want to tell. So there's two parts to the story that we're looking out for. One is the story of the startup founders 
in Bangkok and the startup ecosystem, all the sort of flavors of the startup ecosystem that make up Bangkok, the people, the journeys, the challenges, the overcomings that they've all experienced. And the second part is the bigger story, which is really a key element and an actor in the Asian century, which is the story of the rise of Asia. Now, key part of this, when we talk about Thailand, obviously Thailand is not too far away from China. And I'm a great believer that when you talk about the Asian century and China in particular, it's not about Chinese consumers in China. It's about how China impacts the global market, in particular Asia. So if you were to go anywhere in, in Thailand, and I'm sure we're going to experience it over the next couple of days, you will see a lot of Chinese tourists, which is really sort of the tip of the spear telling the story of the Asian century. There are a number of factors at play, and let's talk a little bit about those now before we dive into the local stories and actually record on the ground in Bangkok. On the one hand, you have the Asian middle classes. So by 2030, two thirds of the world's middle classes will be living in Asia. And the value of that market would be around about $30 trillion, which is twice the size of the US economy today. On top of that, you have Asia to Asia. So Asia now does more trade with itself than it does with the rest of the world. So Asia's biggest trading partner is Asia. So if you look at that in the context of Chinese consumers and Chinese tourists in particular, Thailand is now catering more for Chinese tourists than any other type of tourist, which is really a microcosm of the global story that Asia is trading with Asia in many different forms and on many different stages. So Thailand has to adapt to this new type of customer, this new type of tourist, which isn't necessarily the Western backpacker, which has been used to for many years. Now it's adapting to Chinese tourists and the evolving Chinese tourist and their tourist dollar. So that's one part of it. And the other part is that, you know, you have travel in Asia really being the focal point of the global travel market. So a lot of the big travel expos are here in Asia, in Bangkok or Kuala Lumpur or, or Singapore. And if you want to go and see the future of travel, it's happening here in Asia. So the, the reason are everything that I've just talked about in terms of the Asian middle class is the rise of China. But on top of that, the geography. So if you were to take a five hour flight from Bangkok or even Singapore Changi Airport, you can hit half the world's population, three and a half million, three and a half billion people. By comparison, the same flight from San Francisco, you know, ground zero of the valley, you're going to get 500 million people, which is one seventh the size of what you can hit here. So the premiums for getting it right here are much, much higher. So it's no coincidence you see travel startups and travel startups platforms like Fliggy, backed by Alibaba, Kluk, Agoda, Traveloka, AirAsia in all its guises evolving from being an airline to a digital travel platform. It's happening here in Asia. And I want to go to Asia and the front line and places like Bangkok and tell that story. So coming up in Asia Tech Podcast from the front line, the sights, the sounds, the stories of Bangkok 
the story of the Asian century told by the actors, the people who are living it and shaping it. All right, so here we are. We're at uh, Ratchada Night Market. Gautam Ganguly and Um, our guide, who've been very gracious showing us around. Gautam, welcome back to Asia Tech Podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here once again. You've got an interesting story, which I kind of think tells a little bit about the Asian century as well. So we're here in Bangkok to find out a little bit about Asia, to help explore Thailand a little bit. Obviously, this is a very important destination for travel, for food. Um, and we can sort of see a little bit of that here in the Ratada Night Market, mm -hmm. if you walk around. So maybe we can start by just describing this night market first. Well, where are we and what is it? So we are in a, we are in a not too big uh, open market. Uh, this is a melting pot of uh, not only cultures, but food as well. And I think this market kind of describes what Bangkok is. This is Bangkok is probably the biggest melting pot in this part of the world. People travel from all over the country, all over the world here. Uh, and they also bring uh, with them uh, their culture and their food. And if you want to taste all of it in one clean shot, this is the place to be in. Yeah. So uh, like we are here today, uh, I can say that I can probably extend my arms on both sides and probably touch people walking by. And that's how intensely crowded this place is. Yeah. And uh, we can smell food. Uh, to be honest, in the next five minutes, I'm going to get super hungry. So yeah. it is the, all the aromas are in the air. It's all mixed. Uh, we're having smoothies and some flavored tea right now, but this ain't going to, this, this won't last too long. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll Time have to, to start get a some walk action. soon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the really um, interesting stories that I want to talk about is, is, how China, especially people coming from China, are influencing all these markets around, right? It's not just Chinese consumers in China, it's China in Thailand. Yeah. Traditionally, there's been a Chinese community here because you're close to China, obviously. But yeah. now we're seeing a lot of Chinese tourists. If you walk around here, you can see stalls, market stalls with like Alipay or WeChat Pay signs. How is that sort of changing the last few years? Have you seen a big growth in Chinese tourists here? And how is that sort of changing like the food culture here as well? I think uh, as the Chinese middle class has grown, their disposable income has widened and they can spend a lot more than they could probably, uh, they, they probably used to. Um, they are traveling in larger numbers now. They're able to spend a lot more. And as they have traveled, uh, businesses in, in Thailand for 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 example have localized to needs of these these travelers um, i'll make it very simple first uh, restaurants have started adopting menus in chinese mm. uh, they have uh, whoever possibly can uh, be multilingual a lot of uh, thai kids actually do go to uh, you know, they speak three languages, Thai, English, and Chinese as the third language. So right. a lot of these uh, people contribute to the local economies in this way. Um, if you take it a notch up, uh, when you mention startups and technology and Alipay, uh, I think all the technology has also uh, been absorbed into this localization of the local markets. So as Chinese came here, they came with WeChat, WeChat came integrated with Alipay, and the Chinese would show up onto stores and say, hey, can we pay using Alipay? Yeah. And uh, one fine day that started happening. And when that happened, uh, 
the entire uh, ecosystem uh, from a tech point of view driving cashless sales and making everything electronic i think it it works for everyone it works for uh, consumers it works for businesses it works for the government promoting uh, a tech driven society and i think uh, it is beautiful to see rachada uh, the night market here embracing all of that and giving you a right out demonstration of how cultures and food and technology have merged into a sweet little place yeah and uh, this place is constantly selling <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah i mean there's no shortage of people buying no shortage here. of people buying here absolutely especially with the tourists coming in um as well you, you work in travel have you seen in the last few years chinese yes. tourists across yes. china are you seeing different trends you know are they traditionally coming in tours or are they coming as individuals yeah. what are you seeing now across asia i think uh in a few years i can see the chinese tourists can come to travel here by themselves as a fit group right yeah. so many i see the the teenage or the first jobber starting to come here by themselves and explore uh, bangkok without come here with a group yeah so uh as kun grotham said the chinese tourist is the main factor that drive uh other aspect i mean about how to pay by elect- electronic yeah yeah alipay or we can scan the barcode this is the new trend for thai people also Yeah. yeah. I mean geographically mm-hmm. we are right in next door really to China and also India over the other way as well. Yourself Gautam you came from India 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah, the most unplanned move of my life. Yeah, no, we talked about that on another podcast, right? <laughs> It worked out in its own way. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm quite happy with no regrets. Absolutely enjoying enjoying this part of my life. Absolutely. What what does it mean to be here in Bangkok because within a 5-hour flight you can reach half the world's population right i mean you can go all the way up to the north of china right out to india down to southeast asia i mean by comparison from san francisco you can get like 500 million people which is big but here seven times more yeah. what what does that mean for where we are right now in terms of like the impact on travel and all those kind of aligned businesses i think it, these are exciting times uh, to for for any startup when you have to find a product market fit you don't have to go halfway across the world yeah. to see if we can find a vc in a matured market uh we are living in pretty much the most dynamic market and depending on how uh, each business vertical let's say travel for konam and food for me for example we actually have the chance to respond to this uh, dynamic movement of the market Uh, respond to it in a way that we could probably shape it or get shaped ourselves yeah and uh, i think the time uh, has gone by where you could probably have a five year plan and say you know what these are our kpis kpis won't last five days these days and uh, you have to move fast to you know uh, succeed or you'll fail equally faster and um, right. so so that kind of changes the entire dynamic of how uh, businesses uh, work Uh, the other thing other thing i'd like to make a note about here is that no matter which business uh things are getting essentially 
very very data driven these days and i think uh, tech in travel or tech in food in that matter is getting so uh, data driven and then once it's data driven you have to be in a situation or in a location where there are uh, you know a billion people to support that yeah. uh, need of data and how data changes over just a period of uh, a short period of time so that kind of shapes how people plan businesses and how they execute how startups uh, go out and create niche industries for mm. themselves so exciting times nice to be born in this part of the world in this in this time <laughs> Absolutely. period Absolutely. yeah no, without a doubt and just sort of signing off as well is that have you seen beyond the influence of like the payments when you guys you're in food you're in travel this is the space where the chinese internet companies are making the biggest impact right here in thailand you know we've looked at wechat pay alipay on the stalls as an example we've seen for example like chinese consumers come to thailand on the taobao platform buy like durians from thailand beyond this do you see any sort of tangible impact of china here beyond like the middle classes in thailand what do we see uh i think these are industries which can get disrupted very quickly and easily and that's one of the reasons why uh, this 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 initiation of chinese tech if yeah. if how you're referring to that influence has come to these places but could it impact uh, anything which is cross border could it impact exports could it impact high tech manufacturing uh, could it impact let's say cross border payment services or cross border banking i think their technology alone is isn't the driver there are lots of other geopolitical reasons which also drive those yeah. things but i think cross border payment services is something that has slowly uh, you know it has got positive impact there are payment uh, processing companies in thailand who are able to facilitate cross border payments and especially their largest consumer base tends to be migrant workers who often come here who work and they have to send money back home yeah. and not worry about a very strict banking system which allows them to go through maybe like 10 processes i mean uh, the control on data and protocol is still maintained by these 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 other services but it's done in a much more simpler way uh, low tech but high efficiency uh, manner so that change is slowly happening but uh, to to impact it on a bigger scale uh, let's say if uh, if the if the chinese uh, businesses who are fairly competent and are doing electrical uh, electric vehicles wanted to use their technology bring it here uh, that requires a lot more other barriers yeah. there to to cross rather than just you know giving over tech so things are moving at different speeds for the industries that's food, right yeah travel yeah you're feeling it first here yeah but we feel the we feel the uh the wave of disruption first being in the startup ecosystem so yeah, if anything yeah. happens if it doesn't have to be food but we'll get to know about it and we'll have to probably say hey can we leverage that impact for our business vertical as well or not so uh, i think it's the same for travel as well if cashless payments take on uh, a specific let's say tomorrow uh online tickets could be bought using bitcoins he'll be the first one to yeah kunam here would be the mm. first one to probably leverage it for his benefit so mm. uh, i guess it's it's very interconnected uh, but then bigger industries will probably require bigger a bigger push 
Great. Well, talking of food, I think we're due to head off into the market and have a look around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Um's being very gracious and giving us some recommendations. He's the local expert. Challenging <laughs> food. That's yeah. next, right? Yes. So you have your three. Three. Yeah, three we're going to go and explore. Yeah. So, all right. So we're signing off from Rata the Night Market. Uh, Tam Gangli and our guide Um. So yes. thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So this is uh, basically a dash of protein, naturally sourced. <laughs> so some of these guys can fly, some used to crawl. <laughs> right, so we've got like scorpions on a stick, we've got like... You blew the suspense! <laughs> Sorry man. I think the suspense was killing me. Um, I'm only going to eat it if you... Well, if you try the scorpion, I can tell you how it tastes. Can we yeah. can you eat a scorpion? And like, is that not poisonous? Nah. So it's basically crispy shell on the outside. So and do you want to try one with me? No, I'm not going to try. You'll have to ask me to skip this one. Alright. <laughs> uh, or maybe like a locust. Yeah. I'm not yeah. sure about the maggots. Now let's are. let's not go to second row. Let's just be on the first row. <laughs> maybe first that's row. Who, the who, first. Who wants to be a scorpion with me? <laughs> 160. What's the difference between those and those? Oh, bigger one. The small one's fine. Yeah. yeah. Small one. Yeah. Hey. Okay, so we're gonna eat a scorpion. Oh, she's putting sauce on it? Oh, what's she putting on it? Like a... Oh. They're putting pepper on it? Yes. Yeah. Or maybe some kind of disinfectant on it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you eating, are you eating all of it? And you can eat it. It's a good one. It's a good one. It's a Alright, so, uh, scorpion, fried, deep fried. Deep fried. Make sure to include the crunchiness Crunchy. in I'm your gonna, podcast. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to get the crunchiness. I, I want to kind of like pull the, uh, the claw off and then eat it and then uh, record the sound. So this is me eating a scorpion. No, it's not bad. How it's was it? I wouldn't say aloe, but okay. Um, yeah. It tastes a little bit like um, bacon. Hmm. Can you eat crab What was that? Okay, no. Why did you have to leave the torso for me? It's like the pork skin. Pork skin, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like pork skin. Yeah. Oops, no, 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 no. I, I, I did not intend to. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does yeah. taste like pork skin. Yeah, pork skin. Yeah. Oh. All right, so, uh, yeah, that was uh, the first ever scorpion and possibly the last. Um, 
we, I think we've all agreed it tastes like fried pork skin. Um, but looking at it kind of makes me feel a little bit sick. <laughs> the taste ain't bad. Barrett, would you like it? No? Would anybody like to finish it? Would you like to finish? Um, yeah. <laughs> would you like the tail? Okay. I will eat the tail. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll take... Uh, yeah. Okay, thank you. All right, I'm going to eat the body. I will eat the tail. Um, Scorpion tail. Yeah. All right. Oh, cheers. 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 <laughs> All right. Big. Look at that one, the one on the counter, what right there. What, what, what on earth is that? That Fish. is uh, or yeah. ribcage. Is that the right way to say it? Yeah. Ribcage is non-existent. What's left of is the is the backbone. Yeah. So they oh. stew it, and it's quite nice actually. They stew yeah. it and then they serve it, and uh, this is a dish known as tumbling. You know, it's a backbone of pork. Yes. Spine. Bombed with chili. Bombed with chili. <laughs> Bombed with chili. Do you like yeah. suck the bone? But you can, it's quite nice. It's, it's all brittle and yeah. uh, juicy and it's quite nice. It's quite nice. Yeah. This sits on top of my menu list. One really? of the things I really like. And yeah. it's not easy to find by the way. Let me also state that. What's it called? It's called Tom Leng. Tom Leng. Yeah. It, yeah. To stew it takes a while, so yeah. you, you just can't walk in and order it a la carte. You can't do that. <laughs> All the green stuff I thought was like a vegetable, but it's chili. It's like under a mountain of chili. It is. It is. It's insane. And that's what makes the tom leng a lot leng, you know. Yeah. It's leng. It is. Leng is like the so kick. So leng, leng is like the kick, the rushed kick, right? Like yeah. rush, be, be, be completely rushed about something. Um, that's you, what you leng like means. In yeah, I like. You like it, yeah? Yeah. That's like a party food, no? Like. So uh, this is durian pancake. Um, maybe you can bring the fruit into into view here. Why are you wearing gloves? Yeah, this is a king of fruit in Thailand. <laughs> what you can't get, what you can't get from listening or on the video is the smell. So I'm gonna taste it and try and describe it for you. How was it? I know it tastes different to that because ah. uh, this is quite mild, okay. a bit creamier. Mm. Creamy, um, it's hard to describe. So durian, some people describe it as onion custard. Okay. Creamy onion. Yeah. Creamy. Right? How do you describe it? Let's try. Yeah, try this one. It is a bit sort of creamy. Okay. Yeah. I think you need to have some more. Creamy durian. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is durian light. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit more hard to try the fresh durian. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. You like it? Good. What about the smell? Here? This? Hmm. Good smell, I think. No. Not too strong. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what? Like you're eating a whole durian. How cool is that? There's a little kid here. He must be about two. Is it good? Is it good? 
yours. Yeah, good. Nice. Nice. He must be about two years old eating a whole durian. Oh, you're just eating it like an apple. Welcome. Thank you. From Ori's? Yes. Uh, so tell me something, Ben. Where are you from? It's not a, a Thai name, Ben. Maybe you, you try to tell me your Thai name. So tell me again so we know you're real. All right. Um, my full name yeah. is Pantapon Drankasombat. Okay. So your, your parents built a hotel in Samoy. Yeah. And then they sent you to university in, in Bangkok to <laughs> become engineering. Engineering, <laughs> right? I mean, that's very safe, right? That's, yeah. that's you know, yeah. that is a very common, mm -hmm. you know, pathway for kids. But yeah. I didn't follow my dad to very end. Right. Because... It's common to move from engineering to financial, yeah, like financial yeah. engineering, things like that. It's normal for electrical engineering graduate like me, but I quit and start my business. <laughs> so you quit university? No, 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 not that. You quit engineering? I am quit to go to what my parents want to do. Right, right. Yeah, so they wanted you to be an engineer because it's a good career, it's And then safe. to the finance. Yeah, yeah. into finance, but you decided to start your own business. Yeah. How old were you when you started your first business? five years ago it's not that old it's 20 um 27 27 uh, i worked as an engineering for four years yeah at the oil and gas industry oh, yeah. <laughs> very safe so we're in bangkok and bangkok is one of or thailand is one of the leading tourist destinations in the world mm -hmm. and one of the interesting stories in the last few years is chinese tourists coming yep. to Thailand, bringing money, bringing new demands. Yes. Obviously now businesses have to speak Chinese. We, yesterday we went to Ratata Night Market and you can go to the stall and pay, Alipay, WeChat mm. Pay. Yeah. How is China influencing, changing, driving your business, your sector, what are you seeing that from an outsider, outside of Thailand looking in, help us understand how that's shaping what you do? Well, that, that is quite a big picture to talk about Chinese tourism. Um, the big picture is that Chinese tourism help Thai tourist industry, travel industry, because um, there's a lot of demand, 10,000 million people yeah. now just come to Thailand only like a 10%. There is a lot of market still. Even though many, you know, even though today there might decrease in some sec, in some part of Thailand, but still tourists, uh, Chinese tourists uh, a lot. Yeah. And they have money. So in, in my business, we have Chinese customer. <laughs> we partner with like Sea Trip and, you know, uh, agency from Chi Chi Chinese, uh, China, and also they send us customer. And right now we partner with hotel to offer, because you know, uh, if you don't, the supply is limit. The supply of therapies is limit. If you don't optimize it, mm. you cannot serve the demand of Chinese people. So we partner with hotel to service at their location. Mm. So we make Chinese happier because we make them be able to access the service 
easier and more more number than that. Looking at, at Bangkok now, mm-hmm. this has changed a lot. <laughs> What are your thoughts for the future? If, if I came back here and we had this conversation 2025, <laughs> what do you think we'll be talking about? What will be the trends that we need to watch for? I think the trend is preventive healthcare. Yeah, Bangkok will be the center, like a wellness hub of the world. That's my vision. That I want to drive the small project or call a race. Yeah, I want to drive the big picture. You come here, you will feel like your your strength is gone. And you know, this is a place that you can relax and also have a well, healthy lifestyle here. Yeah, yeah. And also, I think people with technology, people will be like uh, the 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 hierarchy of things. Like we, you don't have to worry about what you have to eat. You don't have to eat something like that. You don't have to worry about the basic thing. In the future, you will worry about. How health. your lifespan, yeah. your health, yeah. and and yeah. how you don't want to go to hospital—that is the future. Yeah, and my startup is the future. Sitting with Pi from Central Vision, which is effectively a a drone service provider, we're looking out on the view of Bangkok, the Beautiful Bangkok view, yeah, yeah. skyline. This has changed yeah. so much. W- yeah. what, what has changed even in the last couple of years? Tell me what we see. We see the tall high rise. Yeah. More than a couple of years ago. Because of, I think, the real estate, the condominium, the hotel, they have very popular and a very high business value. Yeah. Yeah, I like some of these over here. This strange-shaped building. This one—it's like a kind of what is that? Like this one, it's like a not straight. Uh huh. It's quite famous, right? Uh huh. Yeah, they call Mahanakorn building. Yeah, what's the, what's the design of that one? They design like a, a tube, a cube, and uh, it's it's not the, 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 the rectangular shape like as uh, the, the 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 other building. Yeah. So um. I think they got the reward, many reward from yeah. the architecture designing. Yeah. yeah, it's like a pile of bricks. Or yeah, something. yeah. So, Pai, what's your background? Because you've been in drones for 10 years, right? Well, yeah. Before that, what were you doing? Actually, we do the consultant. Yeah. We do a training. We do the leadership training, and uh, actually, uh, the drone is just coming, right? So the DJI just uh, established the the company, not. Not not long, so yeah. uh, we we love uh, the, the the flying plane, yeah, like a hobby. So uh, every weekend, I my friend will go to the they call the the the, the RC field, uh, stand for remote control field. Uh, they they play the the remote uh plane that uh like a toy. Yeah. So we use that uh, hobby, that uh, passion, to uh, bring to the business. This yeah. is what we think is important, because in terms of training, uh, many big corporate have a training uh, section, training center of themselves. So we have less of the customer. So we have to change our mind. And I think uh, what I'm passion is uh, flying the RC uh, plane. 
So I use this passion to to the business. One of the things we talk about Pi mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. the influence of China mm-hmm. on Thailand, mm-hmm. and we're really interested because Chinese tourists bring money. Mm-hmm. And we see. Yesterday, we went to Ratchada Night Market. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm. see Chinese tourists. You can buy food at the store with mm-hmm. WeChat mm-hmm. or AliPay. Mm-hmm. And obviously, in the drone business, DJI mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Shenzhen. Yeah, from yeah. Shenzhen. Yeah. So, how in the startup ecosystem here mm-hmm. in Bangkok, mm-hmm. do you feel the influence of China and Chinese investment, Chinese technology, Chinese mm-hmm. money here? Mm-hmm. I think the Chinese is very important to do the business in terms of trading. Yeah, the Chinese uh, have a uh, a lower price. Yeah. So in terms of trading, uh, many business in Thailand uh, export import from the Chinese is very high demand, high 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 margin also. But in terms of technologies, the technologies uh, back to the five or six years ago, in Thailand still have afraid of the Chinese technology mm. because it's like uh, uh, not not high quality. But in this time today, I think the Chinese technology is very high quality because of in uh, if you go to China, they have many tons of. Uh, technologies companies, mm. so they have compete themselves. So before they want to launch or expand to the Thailand or any country, they have to be the best quality enough to to exactly. to sell. Yeah. So so I think it's it's, it's the answer of of this century that the uh, the Chinese technology is high quality and mm. in terms of startup, you can see many startup have uh, the 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 user or, or the customer from from China. Because they have many people, right? So if your startup or your technology have reached any people in 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 terms of uh the user, I think it's very successful. You mm-hmm. can gain the funding. You can even the revenue. You can very. For example, the DJI. The mm-hmm. DJI drone is very popular because many people use it. Yeah. I also use it. Yeah, right? it's the best. Yeah, I can I can yeah. build my own drone, but I can use the DJI because that technology is very very good quality. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and the competition. Yeah, like even if you see, like the gimbal. Yeah, the gimbal. Like the, yeah. How many how many Chinese brands like yeah. there's DJI, there's yeah. like, uh, you know, I don't know. There's about five or six yeah. different brands, yeah. you know, all competing. Yeah. For the same product, right? Yeah. Okay, so um, just finishing up, looking mm-hmm. out at Bangkok, yeah. you've seen, you work with the skyline, yeah. you work with the buildings. Five years from now, mm-hmm. so 2025, mm-hmm. Bangkok skyline, what is this going to look like? I think the, the, the Bangkok will be more and more the condominium. According to uh, the statistics, I think the people who have the saving money, they want to invest in the 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 the, the, the condominium. Back to you, uh, ask me about the Chinese. Yeah. The Chinese tourists, right now they are not only the tourists who uh, rent uh, the, the 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 room or the uh, the hotel to to couple days and go back to China. They 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 buy. Mm. They buy the condominium. They buy the 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 room in 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 Bangkok to live. 
so they have come back and they have no need to to rent the, the hotel. Interesting. Yeah. So so demand of the China come to the real estate uh, in terms of condominium. So in 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 2025, I think the condominium will be more and more than this. Even some years, the condominium is very uh, low uh, incomes. I mean, uh, it's not a good economics. But uh, in 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 the next future, it it will be more and more building. It is uh, good for me. I yeah. can yeah, I can use my drone to inspect the the old uh, or the new uh, condominium that have a high rise. So we're here in the very beautiful True Digital Park in the southeast area of Bangkok. I feel my bearings aren't great, but I'm sitting here with the man himself, Tarit, who made all of this possible. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for being our guest. Yeah. Yeah, it's been great. This is a really nice building. And Thank what's you. the history here? When did this start? And what's it about, True Digital Park? Yeah, I think it's very hard to really trace back, like, when the original idea started it's probably like five years back actually but only the last two years that we really really making it happen um i as remembering uh we we draft of the layouts of this floor that we are sitting sitting in about a year and a half or two years back and now here we are we we have a building with a f- nearly full occupancy yeah um, with a lot of the similar kind kind of people with the same frequency of conversation uh, that relevant to like technology and innovation. So when you mean similar kind of people, startups, scale ups, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some people say it's a cool people and that is like a limited circle of it. But I think we have so much potential in Thailand because like, I mean, startup is of course a buzzword here, yeah. and and people is in. In like general public, they they start to getting known a bit more about this word, but I mean, usually it's just only virtual, you know, connection or or ecosystem. At Trujillo Park, we are trying to to build like the physical, yeah, campus that these kind of people get together, sit together every day. I mean, not necessarily talking to each other every day, but they have their own space. Mm. But being really being a part of the ecosystem. How important that is to have that analog component of the ecosystem. You can't all be online. Mm. It happens offline Mm -hmm. as much. And a big part of the Thai ecosystem is connected to the market here and what really Thailand has in strength. I mean, Thailand is famous for tourism, Mm -hmm. increasingly health and wellness and maybe a bit more like the agricultural tech side as well. So how do you see the Thai startup ecosystem? So you work with startups all the time. Mm -hmm. What do you see about Thai startups that are unique? I mean, look, I think Southeast Asia is the emerging region. And I think startup of course it originates from like the US Silicon Valley I mean now I think it's a time for Southeast Asia I mean unfortunately Thailand doesn't have any unicorn yet and I mean a lot of people can speculate why that is and when we're gonna have it I think it's pretty hard to predict anyway but I think one is coming 
for yeah. sure. Like it's gonna coming soon. It's just a matter of time. Um, but like you say, it's correct. I mean, Thailand is very strong in terms of travel, tourism, agriculture. Um, so that that's why a lot of startup they focus in those areas. But I mean, apart from that, we there there are a lot of interest in other industries as well. Mm. And I mean, I mean, the government also support a lot these days in this sphere. So they have a new measures like a smart visa that trying to like attract the foreign startup to come to Thailand, set up the company. The the ranking in ease of doing business of Thailand is going up every year or, or like stable there, like yeah. top 30, I think. Yeah. I think it's going to get even better soon. And a part of that is because the new business in startup area is growing, I think. Interesting. So not wanting to ambush you, but if a unicorn came from Thailand, mm. which sector do you think mm. it's most likely to come from? Yeah, I mean, this is very personal opinion. I yeah, think of course, I, yeah. This is I, your opinion. Yeah, I think it's very hard to, to guess. I mean, but I mean, we, we are quite strong in terms of like food tech. I, mm. I think the number of, in, like the amount of investment in, in food tech uh, was high last year. Also, the, all this e-commerce platform yeah. thing, I mean, it's going to be here and, and they're going to be a winner in, in, this, in this field anyway. Yeah. I, I still see it coming. And uh, I, I'm looking at the transportation and logistic uh, industry. It's very interesting because Thailand right now is trying to, to build or rebuild uh, the core infrastructure that links all the region, mm. specifically the, the, the eastern part of it because we used to have like a like Eastern Seaboard, which was flourishing like a decade ago. Mm. And the government is trying to rebuild um, this area with a new name called EEC, the uh, Eastern Economic Corridor. I mean, no matter if it's, it is slow, but it's going to come. It's going to come. That includes like a deep sea port, that includes like the, the high-speed rail. And all of this comes with opportunities and, and the area around it, right? And uh, I think startup will have a good idea um, to to capitalize the moment and monetize something out of a, of this. I think very interesting. So one last question, Tarot, you were talking to me off air, and this is something we're really interested in. You're part Chinese, mm -hmm. Chinese Thai. Mm -hmm. So your great grandfather. Yeah, you can yeah. Say that. From yeah. came from mainland China to, mm -hmm. which is quite common, right? Yeah, you know, they, they walked maybe from China or came by a boat. By a boat, I think. To Thailand yeah. for a new life, mm -hmm. and often with nothing. Mm -hmm. They start with nothing. They build a store or maybe a food restaurant or something like that. This is often a story. People coming from China and they worked really hard. Mm -hmm. And they passed on that to their generations, right? And mixed with the Thais as well. So not many people know that uh, Thailand has a big Chinese uh, community, right? Mm -hmm. We went to Chinatown yesterday. It's very busy, very thriving. And you talked about startups. You talked about startups coming from Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. But there's this new story about China and Thailand and your neighbors, right? So... Tell us a little bit about that, because everything you talked about, like e-commerce, logistics, 
you know, even like food tech as well. The influence of China here in Thailand, we're seeing it. We talk to many of the startups here based here and they say, you know, we have to provide our service in Chinese to Chinese tourists, right? Or, you know, we're building like the drone startup. We're, you know, we're servicing buildings built for Chinese, mm -hmm. like buying condominiums here. What influence does China have on the startup ecosystem here? What are you seeing and what's changing? I mean, there are a lot of angles that we can speak about how China affects Thai economies, I think. I mean, no difference in the startup sphere as well. I mean, I, I think a lot of good ideas come from, from Chinese people who live in Thailand or like a half Thai Chinese people who, who start the new company because like they have the entrepreneurship in their blood I think like they, they see their parents doing it uh, building it up from scratch and uh, we call that kind of business SME right yeah so this is a different time uh, we, we call the new ideas coming to reality a startup and uh, the, the spirit still stay like it passed through your blood and, and, and I think this is a time that that this kind of uh, half Chinese or Chi Chinese people to keep the tide rolling in the different um, umbrella called startup. I, I mean, I can say that even for for the the mother company of this Trujillo Park, uh, the Jaren Pokapan or CP group, we have a very close relationship with China. And a lot of business we are doing in China and China also help us. Mm. So you, you can see that if one of the biggest conglomerate in Thailand, um, we, we do a lot of business with China, it means something. So that, that's, that's a lot of the high portion of GDP of Thailand that is contributed from China-related parties, Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's exciting times, I feel, because you have access to the best of both worlds. You have access to all the ideas from Silicon Valley and then all the ideas and the, the capital coming from China as well, especially like in e-commerce and logistics. Mm -hmm. This is really where these worlds come together, yep. you know, and how you get a little bit of competition is healthy. Yep. I mean, the, of course, the world is getting smaller and smaller. We get more connected. But I mean, it doesn't mean that we are more, like, we are working in a more harmonious way. I think we need to find a way to do that. We need to be connected and we need to do it in a very harmonious way. Yeah. That's, and we, that, that's what we are trying to do at Trujillo Park. That's a very Thai way of doing things as well, isn't it? Harmony. Yeah, yeah. We, cool. we should, we were famous for that and we should keep that momentum going. Excellent. Well, I think with that message, we're good. We're done here in True Digital Park. It's been really nice sitting and hearing the stories and looking over the skyline. Which part of Bangkok can you point out where you're from? So we are... Uh, right next to the Sukhumvit BTS line, which is the, the vein of the, the CBD transportation uh, system. Um, so basically, if you are in the center of uh, Bangkok, uh, let's say it's the Asok BTS station in the heart of Sukhumvit, you just, we are located just seven station away. Yeah. So basically it's about 20 minutes. Fantastic. Because our ambition is trying to build the startup or innovation city, right? I think it's pretty hard to build it in the, city, in the big city mm. already. So we move a bit further, but not so far. Because uh, while we are sitting here, if you want to take your plane back uh, to Singapore, let's say, it's just 20 minutes uh, drive. Yeah. So not so bad. 
Fantastic. Talking of which, we have to get a plane now. So, Tarek, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Up. So, thank you so much for, for making this happen. And hopefully we can share this message to our audience, to Asia, that you guys are open, ready for business. Come, come and see. Yes, yes. Be uh, part of this. Yeah, right? actually, during June 10 uh, to 14, we open for the free access. So, yeah. basically, anyone can fly in and uh, please experience this park. And we're going to make sure that we have a lot of activities focusing mostly on investment yeah. talks and um, maybe the pitch. So we are trying to manage that. Excellent. We're done. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So we're standing here in, or sitting here in um, DMK, it's so Dong Wang Airport, which is the... Uh, the second airport in Bangkok and we're waiting for a flight back to Singapore and this is a scene that you're going to see all over Asia increasingly so let me just describe which is really the, the vibe that we've been talking about for our trip here to Bangkok and it is hundreds of Chinese tourists standing waiting for a flight to Hanzhou I think it's Hanzhou in uh, China. And um, what's really interesting about this is, uh, let me describe a little bit about who these uh, tourists are and why it's interesting. So uh, it's really nice just to watch. There's many generations of families here. Um, kids sort of as young as about four or five and then all the way up to like the old uncles and aunties. And they're all sort of traveling in a family. and the average age of the tour group is probably in their 50s or 60s so I, I don't know to what extent they've traveled a lot before but they're all traveling on mass in one big group and they're all carting back suitcases of stuff and if you've ever tried to check through <laughs> a tour group of Chinese on an airport they're, they're sort of taking everything back that they can to China and just buying all the kind of things that you, you wouldn't expect and I can just see like plastic bags full of durian. Well, not durian like raw fruit, but the, you know, like the durian crisps and stuff. So the reason why this is interesting is like, I think that you would expect maybe in the last few years, a lot of tourists from Shanghai and Beijing, even Hong Kong, obviously, coming to Southeast Asia, but less so places like Hanzhou, or Hangzhou, as you may say it, which is sort of more of a tier two city, a lesser known city, probably a lot less uh, wealthy than other areas in China. So you've got these sort of tier two cities and you know, there's tourists coming to places like Bangkok, obviously Thailand's a very popular destination for Chinese tourists geographically, but also culturally as well. There's a lot of uh, Chinese living here and traditionally there's a strong Chinese representation in Thailand. And I think you're going to see a lot more of this. So I think if you were to see, and I'm sure observers and experts on China will pull me up on this, but if you were to see tourists from Shanghai or Guangzhou or Beijing, Shenzhen traveling, they would look slightly different. I, I imagine they'd probably be younger and they would probably be dressed slightly different, probably, you know, a lot more as 
you might expect in a place like Korea or Japan, but here they sort of seem to be very much less concerned about fashion, which is great. They seem to be a lot more relaxed. And um, they're here in Thailand spending money. And that really is the story of Asia Tech Podcast that hopefully we're telling is that it, it you know there are many different levels to China in Asia obviously there is the the story of the Chinese tech companies so the Alibabas the WeChats and so on which is quite a well told story yet what I find really fascinating is the human story of how they are sort of you know blurring the borders between China and places like Thailand and you're seeing increasingly more people from all over China traveling to these places and how that impacts culture on all sides and how that will impact when they bring those ideas back to China as well as well as you know they bring their technology like you can see in the Ratchet and Night Market that you can buy stuff with WeChat or Alipay yet at the same time if you were to come to another country you're going to bring ideas back to your homeland as well and how that will influence people and generations to come. So this is the Asian century, I think, told through the story of its people. It's not, I think, the, the, the story that seems to have been told in the last 10 years, which is of China, Chinese consumers in China. I think that story's done. The next, cent the next decade, so from 2020 onwards, is really about how China plays out in all different forms, both economically, culturally, and politically, in Asia and the rest of the world. That is the Asian century. It's not about Chinese consumers in China, it's about Chinese consumers in Asia, and Chinese tech as well, and as we're seeing from the political landscape now, how challenging that is. So, signing off from Don Juan Airport here in Bangkok, and hopefully you get a, a there you go. <laughs> I believe you get a feel for the sounds and the stories of the Asian century told through its people. My name's Graham Brown. Hey, thanks for listening to Asia Tech Podcast. My name is Graham Brown. We're all about sharing the voice of the Asian tech ecosystem. We want to talk about the human beings behind the technology. Technology is interesting, but what makes technology interesting are the stories of the people who bring that tech to our daily lives. The whys, the founding origin myths, and the journeys that these founders face. So if you enjoy all of that and want to find out who the people are behind the brands and the tech, then subscribe to Asia Tech Podcast on SoundCloud. So if you go to soundcloud.com slash Asia Tech Podcast, you can follow us there and get access to all our latest content, as well as go deep and find out about some of the stories that you may have missed. So that's soundcloud.com slash Podcast. Go and subscribe there and feel free to like and comment on any of our episodes. Mm -hmm.